Welcome to Whose Or Is This? with Anthony Waite, a show designed to help leaders and high achievers increase their influence and impact by becoming intentional with how they show up in the world. If the wind does not favor, take to the oars. Here is your host, Anthony Waite. Welcome to Whose Or Is This? Anthony Waite here. You know, it's great to be with you for another episode. And I really love this time of year as we get ready to close out 2020 and what many people would consider some interesting times. And one of the things I love to do around this time of year is to really reflect on the growth, the opportunities, the obstacles, but really the lessons learned um, throughout the year. And so this is a great time of year as you know, work is winding down, Maybe you got some time off, but I really, you know, hope that you consider taking some time to really reflect and take inventory of where you were in the beginning of the year and where you are today. And it's my hope that you have been able to move forward and move the the ball down the field, whether it was five yards, 10 yards, or maybe all the way 100 yards. It, it doesn't matter, but you need to be able to reflect on the good, the lessons learned, and the wins uh, that you had. And here's why. Today, what I'm going to talk about is something that I think stops many of us, and especially if you are an emerging leader and you are getting ready to transition to get into the next level or a transition in your life, or you're taking on a new role. That could be a new mother, a new father, a new uh, leader in, within your organization. Maybe you're moving up in the in the rank structure, but here's one thing that will stop you and that has stopped me from missing in, from missing you know, uh, many of opportunities. And that is simply this, imposter syndrome. And now imposter syndrome is really a fear of being found out, right? The fear of not being good enough, but then also somebody finding out about that. Um, this is also known as imposter phenomenon. Um, it, was, it was a term used to describe an individual who frequently doubts their skills, their talents, and their ability, and also their accomplishments. They're usually paralyzed by the fear of being exposed as a fraud. Now, this is something that uh, I get a lot of questions about, and how do you overcome the imposter syndrome? Well, today what I want to do is I want to really talk about how do you identify imposter syndrome and, and if, in fact, you are dealing with it, and then also three steps to overcome this feeling of not being good enough. You see, one of the things that that really stopped me early on is I had a lot of success in, in the military very early, made rank really fast, but I had a past that was still stopping me from moving forward. The the failures, the mistakes, the you know not feeling like I'm good enough, the beliefs and the negative self-talk from the past that really showed up when it was time for me to take on opportunities or to get to the next level. And luckily, I had some mentors that really believed in me uh, when I didn't believe in myself. And I remember getting to do some amazing things like work with the president of the United States, getting commissioned, um, really being able to lead at a bigger scale. But yet I still, you know, had this feeling of not being good enough. People would tell me all the time, you know, I, you know, you're doing a great job. Congratulations on your success. You know, I want to do what you're doing. But my reaction was simply, uh, it's nothing really. I got lucky or, you know, you chalk it up to chance or whatever. I was at the right place at the right time. And here's what I'll tell you. In life, there's no such thing as luck. There is no such thing as luck. There's only preparation and action. That equals luck. 
So if you keep telling, if you find yourself saying these phrases, um, chances are you're suffering from imposter syndrome. And so here's what it is. It's basically the feeling of inadequacy, no matter how successful you become, that, that, that where you're at is never going to be good enough for where, where you, you know, where you are in life. And, and, and here's the thing. While I always tell people, be grateful, but never satisfied. I want you to understand that there's a fine line that you must walk when it comes to feeling inadequate and feeling like you're not good enough. But there's another side of the coin where you are appreciative of where you are and where you've come from, but you also know that there's always more. Now, what is the difference? It's simply this, your ability to be content and contentment with where you are. Do you take time to stop and reflect? Just what I talked about in the beginning, to stop and reflect on all the things that you have in your life, the blessings, the burdens that you've overcome, the challenges, the obstacles, and the opportunities. Whenever you are grateful and you practice gratitude, you really ground yourself in the reality of what you actually do have. Because when we don't do that, we focus on what we do not have, and we focus on the lack and the limitation. Imposter syndrome comes from a place of scarcity, not abundance. It comes from a place of lack. And some of you, you know, Harvard, Harvard Business Review showed this, that the majority of people that deal with imposter syndrome are women. And why is that? Because now more than ever, we see women who are stepping into powerful positions and leadership positions. But for a long time, women were not able to do that. I, I, I've seen women do some amazing things. And, you know, for a long time, the old um, mindset was that women's places, you know, in the kitchen or, you know, whatever. And, and we as a country, as a, as a, in the world is really starting to shift as we see more women of power, more women who are smart, who are intelligent, who are stepping into these roles. But yet there's a sense of imposter syndrome. And so Harvard, Harvard Business Review sh showed that the majority of imposter syndrome comes from women. And here's the thing. It is important to understand that this has nothing to do with low self-esteem or lack of confidence but it's actually tied to a perfectionist or perfectionism image of what you have. So it's a self-image problem. And this st stems, as uh, research showed, from a past, from a, from a childhood where we were uh, compared to our peers, where maybe our parents told us something that you know gave us this self-image, and it, it became who we were. And maybe we had expectations that were put on us that we did not meet, and therefore we never felt like we were ever really good enough. We see this all the time in sports where young kids are playing for fun, but the parents are more competitive than they are. And so how do we become aware of this imposter syndrome? And if it is stopping us, here's some things that, um, some phrases that are commonly said with this sense of imposter syndrome. Number one is, I must not fail. People who are suffering with imposter syndrome look at failure as simply what it is. I'm a failure. And remember, you never want to tie your, your identity to an outcome. Just because you fail does not make you a failure. When you fail, you have to understand that failure is success's constant companion. And in fact, failure is part of the process. We live in a world today where we see the highlight reel and we see everybody doing it right and getting it right in their relationships and their health and everything's perfect. But here's what I'll tell you. I've never met somebody in person who was successful who has never failed. Some of my mentors who are very successful and people that I know who are doing very well in their life have gotten to that point because of failure. They've taken the time to reflect and extract the lessons so they do not continue to get the test. 
Remember this, if you do not take time to learn from your failure, you will continue to get the test. Life will always give you another test. And so how do you make sure that you pass? You take time to reflect on the failures and the lesson that you should learn from that. So I must not fail is some of the the verbiage or the, the, the words that imposter syndrome shows in their life. Uh, the second one is, I don't deserve this. Have you ever thought of when you got an award or a position or a promotion, thought to yourself that, you know, I don't deserve this, that I just got lucky, that, you know, it's just luck of the draw. But most people that deal with imposter syndrome tell themselves, I don't deserve this. They make themselves believe that they don't deserve the relationship that they're in. They don't deserve, you know, the, the promotion or the money that they make. And here's what will happen when you say this, I don't deserve this. You self-sabotage yourself from any form of success, whether that's in your health, your wealth, your relationships, your business. And this, I don't deserve this. If you say it enough, you will believe that you do not deserve what it is that you have, and you will find a way to get rid of it. You will find a way to ruin a good thing or possibly a great thing. The next one is, you know, fake it till you make it. I've heard this so many times, fake it till you make it. And here's what I'll tell you. Never, never fake it till you make it because you will be found out. Remember, imposter syndrome is this um, this fear of being exposed as a fraud. And if you fake it till you make it, it will only be a matter of time before your character is found out. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to face it till you make it. And here's the deal. If you're afraid of somebody finding you out or figuring out you know, things about you, here's what I'll tell you. Share your failure. Share your weaknesses. Because if you don't expose your weaknesses to the people that you lead, they will find weaknesses for you. And here's what I'm talking about. Share your story. Share times that you failed with people that you that you are around, that you are leading. Never hesitate to share an obstacle that you've overcome because chances are somebody else is going through it as well. And whenever you, when I say face it till you make it, that means share your story. Share a piece of you that nobody knows about because now it makes you a person. So many people come up to me that I've mentored, you know, through social media and through speaking engagements. And when they come up to me, they say, man, you're the same person when you're on stage than you are, you know, here at one-on-one. And I said, yeah, because, you know, I've learned over time to share parts of me that aren't so pretty, parts of me that, you know, aren't so motivating, parts of me that, you know, are painful. But what it does is it makes me a person and it brings me down to the level of my audience so that I can connect with them on common ground. So never fake it till you make it because, chances are you're being something that you're not and and you are living the title of imposter. You don't have imposter syndrome, you're an imposter. But I know people that will say, fake it till you make it. I know a lot of people that try to fake it till you make it. And I was very disappointed to find out the reality of who they really were. Remember, your credentials will get you in the door, but your character will keep you there. Never fake it till you make it. You face it till you make it. You face the failure that you've had. You face the past that no longer serves you. You face the weaknesses that you have in your life, and you find people who can lift you to get those weaknesses and turn them into strengths. But you can't do that if you're not willing to face it. The next one is, oh, it's not a big deal. Success is no big deal. It was nothing really. You know, I used to say this all the time as I was moving up in the military and the ranks and all the things that I've gotten to do, you know, travel the world and, and help people save lives and, and all that good stuff. But I would tell people, oh, it was nothing really. It's just part of my job, just doing my job. But I know hundreds of people that are in the same position that I'm in and they have not had the opportunities that I've had. And so you have to understand that your success is a big deal because it, it's a testimony of the, the growth that you've had and the ability for you to serve. 
Never chase success, chase significance. This requires you to grow every single day. Uh, the last one that, that the voice of imposter syndrome is I got lucky. Remember, there is no such thing as luck or chance. There is hard work, dedication, and preparation, and then action. So how do we mitigate the negative effects of imposter syndrome? Here's three things I want to give you today to help you mitigate and become a, um, uh, be able to get rid of the imposter syndrome too, so you can start moving forward into the life, into the positions, into the purpose and the potential that is yours. Number one is awareness. Becoming aware of the negative self-talk and belief is the first step to changing the paradigm of not feeling good enough. You got to become aware of it. Most people aren't aware of it, and therefore they live their life bound by circumstances, by chance, by other things that are happening in their life. What you need to do is identify and become aware of what were the words that you used? Was it, I can't, I'm not, I don't, yeah, but? When you start making excuses, you give up on the effort required to change your thinking. And so you have to understand that awareness is the first part. And the next thing you want to do under awareness is when did it emerge? So what were the words that you used? When did they emerge? Who were you with and who were you around? Were you around people that were, you know, higher than you? Were there people that were, you know, uh, at a bigger, in a bigger status or a bigger position than you? Were you around your boss? Were you around your peers? Where were you at when they emerged? What scenarios were you in? You know, I shared a story uh, a couple of times throughout my mastermind group that, you know, there was a time where I, somebody bought me a ticket to go to a breakfast to hear some speakers. And I got to sit at a table with people who were billionaires with a B. And I didn't feel like I should be there. I couldn't even afford the ticket to go at that time. And I didn't say one thing. I didn't ask any questions about, hey, maybe how did you get to where you were? Any, any advice for somebody like me who would like to be there one day? I didn't ask one single question. I sat there and ate my food and I listened. And I kept going around in my mind, round and around and around of the thoughts of why I shouldn't be where I'm at, why I wasn't good enough. And I left there and went home and I look back at that, you know, six years later thinking, man, how far along could I be had I not asked a simple question, had I not mastermind or connected with those people, no matter how high they were up and how much money they made, they were still people. And so where's the time in your life where you had this imposter syndrome? Where, where were you at? What were you doing? What words did you use? And then the last one is, what was the result or outcome? of your lack of awareness? What was the result or outcome from not taking control of those thoughts? What did you miss out on? Because when you make this painful enough, only then will you make change. People change when they hurt enough, when they know enough, or when they've learned enough. And so you have to understand what was the result or outcome? What did you miss in your life? Was it a relationship? Was it a health? Was it in your wealth? Was it an opportunity to promote and move up and have more influence, more impact, maybe more income? But what was the result or outcome or the pain point that came from the lack of awareness? So awareness is number one. Number two is acceptance. Until you have accepted the past, your past failures, your past mistakes, the past circumstances as learning opportunities instead of obstacles, they will stop you every time. If you do not accept what was, you will never be able to accept what could be. Some people know, you know, reframe this as, I'm afraid of success. I'm afraid of what I could be. You know, um, studies show, I forgot who it was, but they said, you know, it's not that we're afraid of, you know, our past. 
we're afraid of our future and our actual power that we have to create what we want. Many people are programmed to to think small, to to stay small, and therefore they become small and they stay there. But what I've learned is that you and I both have the opportunity to grow, to continue to recreate ourselves into the person that we should be instead of the person that we are. So if you don't like where you are right now, you don't like your circumstances, don't try to change your circumstances. Work on changing you. And then when you go to work on changing you, the things around you begin to change because you start to see differently. You start to believe differently and you ultimately become different. And remember that, you know, who you were is not who you are. And it definitely isn't who you could be. You should be in a constant pursuit of self-discovery of who you are and whose you are. As you have more experiences, the more awareness uh, you know comes into play, the more awareness that you have of your potential. But here's the thing. If you face imposter syndrome and you don't take control of it, you'll never go out and have those experiences because you'll always stay put. You'll always stay frozen. Remember, this is um, really a paralyzed, you know, paralyzing effect. The imposter syndrome is a paralyzing effect because of fear of being exposed as a fraud. Therefore, you don't take action. But here's the deal. If you're going to have the experiences to, to, to really push your potential, you've got to have um, the ability to move forward. you got to take action. And so where in your life are you staying frozen? Are you playing small? Are you staying put? You're not moving forward because of fear. The second one under acceptance is forgiveness. Forgiveness is key. Forgiveness for the, to those that hurt you, that wronged you. Um, forgiveness uh, for yourself, for the things that maybe you've done in the past that do not serve your future, that, you know, that's who I was, but that's not who I am. Until you forgive, you'll never turn your brokenness into breakthroughs. One, some of you know the, the story of me having to forgive my father. Not having to, but wanting to forgive my father after I got back from Haiti. Up until then, I you know I was 25, 26 years old, and most of my life I lived with a bunch of hurt and anger and animosity from him because of the way he was. Addicted to drugs and just really had many opportunities to change his life, but yet he chose not to. And addiction is a bad thing, but it's also it's a selfish thing. We hurt those around us, those that love us, those that you know that really want to have connection. It's a selfish. Um, road to go down. And I carried a lot of anger and frustration because I blamed him for who i become. And we share the same name. And when I called him, he didn't even know who I was, but I forgave him. And what I did that day was it, it, it released the person that was being held prisoner. And that person was me. And it would go on to, you know, meet my wife, my girlfriend, who was now my wife and, and my kid, have my kids, my two boys. And had I not forgiven and accepted him for who he was and forgave him for who he was, I would never be able to release that anger, animosity, and frustration. And it allowed me to let go of a past that was holding me back. But it took me to it took for me to become aware of that and to accept it and forgive and forgive myself for, you know, being that angry person, being that person who was just frustrated and letting that control me. The last one for acceptance is you got to accept the fact that not everyone is supposed to be on the journey with you. And it's okay to outgrow people. Many of us want to hold on to old friends and we get comfortable around people who are playing small and just, you know, just hanging out in life. They're just staying put. You have to take inventory of the people that you surround yourself with, because if you don't, they will continue to hold you back. 
Not because they want to, because you're allowing them to. But we have to also accept the fact that not everyone is supposed to be here with us on this journey, that you are supposed to grow and, and, and continue to go up. Now, maybe one day you'll come back and help them get to where they need to be, but you cannot let somebody else's limiting beliefs or behavior or habits stop you from getting to where you want to be. It's not on them, it's on you. It's on us to make sure that we accept the fact that we have to let go. Law of sacrifice, you have to give up to go up. What are you willing to give up? And sometimes that's relationships that do not serve you. That's a tough pill to swallow because sometimes these relationships are your own family members. The third one I want to leave you with is action. None of this works until you take action. Once you have awareness, acceptance, now it's time to move forward. To do so, you must let go of the past. This means you have to take time to create a vision and a mission statement that you will commit to. You don't get in life what you want. You get what you are committed to. Some of you know this saying, without a vision, the people will perish. Vision without action is worthless, and action without vision is reckless. You have to make sure that you have a clear vision of what the future looks like. What are you creating? And if you have a a spouse or kids, you need to incorporate them in that vision. You know, we talk about memory, and we always have these memories of the past, but you can actually remember your future by connecting with your vision every single day. You, you, you create a vision and you continually connect with it. You can start creating patterns of memorization that can help you remember your future and what it is that you're after. Most of us will set goals at the, in the new year, but we don't go back and connect with them every single day. Therefore, we lose that memory. We don't remember what we're after and therefore we remember the past and we press repeat instead of play on the tr- record or the track of life. Many people will live to be 90 years, but most will live one year 90 times. Don't be the latter. The next one is, after you create a vision, you need a model achievement. Remember, success leaves clues. Surround yourself with like-minded individuals, those who are, you know, where you would like to be. Not, you know, a million miles ahead of you, but just a couple steps ahead of you. They're far enough ahead that they can reach back and give you a hand to lift you to where you need to be. If you're making, you know, $100,000 and you want to make a million dollars, you don't go talk to the millionaire. You talk to the person who's making 150. You get to those those people that are right in front of you because they're still people. They're still right there. They're still a little bit ahead of you that they can give you the steps that are relevant to you. Oftentimes we try to go and get these big stars or these big, you know, uh, social media heroes and we want them to help us. And they're so far out of reach, so far out of touch that we can't see ourselves and see the possibilities for ourselves. So you need to connect with people who are right around where you need to be. Those who are where you would like to be personally and professionally, not just professionally, but personally as well. The law of 33%. I always talk about this um, in my in my Lead360 group, but the law of 33% says that 33% of your time should be spent with people who are above you so that you can learn, so that you can grow. 33% of your time should be spent around your peers so you can see where you're at and help those around you then 33% of your time should be spent with people who are below you so that you can help them grow to where they need to be. The last thing is for actions, you need to be consistently connect with your vision every single day. Take inventory of the goals and daily tactics um, and how you are engaging in the pursuit of your vision. Consistency wins the race. Consistency is key. We learn two ways. We change our beliefs two ways. 
patterns of repetition and sudden emotional impact. So the more and more that you connect with your vision, the more and more it becomes a reality, the more and more chances you have of bringing it to reality. And then sudden emotional impact. You got to be emotionally connected to that vision. You got to be able to 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 feel what it's going to feel like. It's going to have to, you know, see what it's going to look like and hear and and visualize what it is is going to be whenever you do have those relationships with your kids, with your spouse. When you do have that health and that that healthy behaviors and those healthy habits, what will it do for you? And more importantly, what will it do for those you lead and those you love? Remember, you are here not for yourself, not to be, you know, get everything you can for you, but to be the best version of you so that you can give yourself to others so you can be of service. I hope this served you. And remember, if you want to take these further, these these conversations further, then join the Lead360 Facebook group. It's free, 100% free. We got 530 people now in there. Request access. The admins will, will, will grant you access. And we can continue to uh, you know talk about this, these topics that we discuss, and hopefully, hopefully get you to realize that if the wind does not favor, it's time to take to the oars, meaning we got to get to work. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in today. As always, if you found value in today's episode, please share it with those you lead and those you love. Also, don't forget to connect with me on social media. My Instagram is Anthony Waite Official. And on Facebook, we have a Lead360 group where you can request access and stay up to date on the next leadership and development training happening every single month. Don't forget to be intentional and make an impact. Remember, live, learn, and lead.